Kia this is The Detail, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today, the saga of Te Papa Manako and why it's been scrapped a second time. It's a strength-based opportunity for Māori Pacifica in South Auckland. You know, when you have people like Paris Goebbels who come from South Auckland, you have, you know, Will Smith calling out Manurewa High School for their hip-hop dance. You know, it's incredibly rich and international and successful and, and how we plug into that is one of the great opportunities we have for the future. Institutions in Auckland have a huge um, challenge with diversifying their audiences, and we could have done it our own way and done it in a really unique and effective way. So for that reason, yeah, the Te Papa situation is a real loss. You've missed out on an opportunity to bring some of those treasures to a part of Auckland that needs it, I think. I really do. I really believe that. Alf Filipaina has lived in South Auckland since 1960. He was a policeman there for decades. Now he's a councillor. I'm Southside Hub. I went out to meet Councillor Filipaina at Manako at Heyman Park, the site of the proposed Te Papa Manako, and he just couldn't resist picking up a bit of rubbish. Oh no, look, look, and look, we've done our day. Okay, that's yeah. it. We were going to have an awesome yeah. weekend. Right now, we're... <laughs> hiya, bub. <laughs> Okay, where are we exactly? Just tell me so where we are. So this is Heyman Park, and it's right in the middle of the most vibrant area in, in Tamaki Makoto. That's the That's train the station. train station underneath us. Right, perfect <laughs> um, location. Then you've got there, Monaco, the bus interchange. Bus interchange, and then the whole of Monaco city centre exactly. there. Um, so... We've got the MIT here. Monaco Institute campus. of Technology. Yep, sorry, yep, campus here. We have this whole place here looking at us. That's part of Heyman Park, which the goes out. kind of rolling it really park is. with trees and a, and a pond. pond. Well, several ponds through here. Then you've got, obviously, just a hop and skip and a jump to Westfield mm. Shopping Centre. Yeah. And, and this is no indication at all. Uh, about our community, but we've also across the road the, the county's Manuko hub, as well as the district court. But that's no reflection of <laughs> of our community. So look, this is a, just a prime area, and it's a shame that the government and and Te Papa have got to the point of saying no. Can we go back to the beginning? Because Sorry. whose idea was it to? put a museum here? It was around 2013, and what had happened was there was some discussion with Te Papa in Wellington. Well, Te Papa's been working on a sort of long-term vision for quite a while now, for two years. They uh, approached the minister at the time for culture, arts and heritage, Minister Finlayson, and then there was a discussion with the then mayor of Tamaki Mokodo, Len Brown. South Auckland, being the population base for Māori and Pacifica in Auckland and probably New Zealand, um, you know, seemed a logical choice to them, and, and I totally uh, took the support. Here's the then chief executive of Te Papa, Mike Houlihan. I think very clearly we saw the shift in demographic that's occurring in New Zealand at the moment, the population changes that are taking place, particularly north of uh, Topol. So. This was something which we'd identified, but I think what's happened in the past few months is that there's been a huge enthusiasm for the idea of having the nation's collections embedded in the local community. Something here that our community, which is again the most multicultural and diverse, could go and visit 
you know, uh, it, it wasn't going to be the scale of uh, Te Papa in Wellington. It was just allow our community to have access to a, a, a place where they could come and see Taonga from the Pacific, Māori, and also Taonga from years ago with all the Impressionists and everything else. Tremendous opportunity here. We haven't designed any of this. But to get that interactivity, I think, will be really more, very, very important. In a sense, the feel might be, I don't know, but it might be more like a classroom rather than a conventional museum gallery. It has three primary focuses, uh, storage space, exhibition space and education. Uh, so I suspect something sort of 30 to 40 million, maybe. And the key people at the time was the local board. Oh, OK. And the, key, the, the reason they were key people was because they had jurisdiction over Heyman Park. So they were the ones that decided yes or no. Was there a feeling at the time, and is that feeling still present now, that this kind of thing, a museum, was something that was missing from Manukau? Well, for for Manukau, yeah. Um, But not as a museum that people have a look at Auckland Museum, um, and to Papa, you know, that, that scale, but a place where our community could go and have a look at the Tonga that uh, it was going to be stored. The history we were getting taught, we couldn't see what people, other people could see. Here was an opportunity for our our teenagers, our young ones, to say, I, I remember that. I, I remember being taught that. Leaders of the community, the city, got together and worked on a proposal? Yeah, so there was uh, Te Papa yep. itself, a representative from the, uh, the government at mm-hmm. the time. There were council representatives, the Auckland Council, council-controlled organisations, Auckland Museum. We had Auckland Art Gallery. And we had a Pacifica representative. We had Mana Whenua on the, on the leadership group. And um, we started thinking about it and saying, hey, look, this is going to be awesome. It's going yeah. to be massive for our community. Looking at what can be built on the area, there was just gathering momentum from our perspective. Mm. Are you feeling confident, Mike, that this will happen? Well, we're at the start of a journey on this. We're setting out to investigate, but I'd say, you know, what a tremendous start. There was an understanding that Auckland Council, their contribution was the land mm. um, through the local board. We then had an understanding that the government would come on board and also that Te Papa would look at fundraising through th- philanthropic organisations and looked at uh, corporate companies coming on board. It's basically an extension of Te Papa. Um, and so primarily governmental expenditure. I mean, that's you and me as taxpayers. There's been a buzz about it, and that's, that's tremendous. So I think that it'll be um, steady as you goes, strong support, and, uh, you know, we would hope uh, a year for design, consenting, all that sort of stuff, and then maybe two and a half, three years in the build. So the outside, inside three years, outside four years, fabulous. But at the same time, there was a tug of war over the site of a satellite to Papa, Monaco versus the waterfront. Uh, I think it's, it's absolutely plain that we're not nearly doing enough uh, in the South Auckland. The um, National Gallery or National Museum has a collection of uh, 100 Te Korti flags, which have never, ever been seen, ever. 
So there's a whole lot of uh, treasure there which we need to make accessible to everybody. And to make it accessible on the waterfront, I think it's probably more accessible than a very small operation in South Auckland. I don't know what it is that some Aucklanders don't seem to like South Auckland. Well, I do. Manukau won, but in 2015, the project was denied government funding. It was revived shortly after, but then things went cold again. There was a stagnant period and there was nothing happening. There was no leadership meetings are coming together so I ended up asking hey when are we going to meet what is the update on this because mm. we've heard nothing. Then came the bombshell to Councillor Philip Aina and others close to the project earlier this year. Te Papa has confirmed it's no longer working on the Te Papa Manukau project after being declined funding for the project from the government for the second time. So what happened? Don't know. So what I was going to do was send a letter to Grant and saying hey Kanohi te kanohi. Face to face, can you come back, get the leadership group together and let us know what happened? So did you have no inkling at all no, that no, I, it was being we, pushed to one side? We just, got, we just got the letter. And what did the letter say? It, it just basically said that it's not going ahead. Te Papa needs to come back to us and say to us, here is what happened. In fact, the project was denied funding in this year's budget because the Associate Minister of Arts, Culture and Heritage, Grant Robertson, said he was concerned Te Papa did not have the capability and capacity to take on such a major project. Te Papa CEO Garant Martin said at the time the plan was probably beyond Te Papa's capacity as it was focused on overdue maintenance due to a lack of government funding and new exhibitions. But official documents show the National Museum was worried it was not connected to some communities. And Te Papa has told the government it risked losing relevance as a national museum when it asked for money to help move into South Auckland. The museum's bid for $1.5 million to develop a detailed business case for the proposed Te Papa Manukau project was rejected in this year's budget. Documents show Te Papa warned the government it was not engaging with diverse communities and not remaining relevant. But Alf Filipaina says he was told nothing. We, we thought this is still going ahead. And then you get the letter from Grant so, saying... Like, and what, what, Gonski. What, what was your reaction? Oh, no, think? I was shocked. I mean, I mean, all of us were shocked. We're saying, well, hold on. Why have we got to this stage? What happened with all the other years that we've been trying to get it here? What happened? I'm, I'm just going to send a letter to, to Papa and just asking... You need to get the leadership together to tell us face-to-face. Explain what happened. What happened? Are there other options? I mean, is it it dead in the water now? My my understanding it is. Really? Yeah, that's my understanding. What about the argument that there's a beautiful museum in Auckland at the Domain, there's a great maritime museum, there's also MOTAT. Haven't we got enough already? When people say... Look, you, you've got three of them. I'm saying, no, that's good. For the central city area and for North Shore, West Auckland. But this being this, the third largest when we, we, when we amalgamate territorial local authority in New Zealand? No, it's not. That's what's missing out, is our diverse communities that we have here. You feel like you can't take it any further? Well, we can't, well there's nothing... The government, who, who, who are, are 
one of the three parties and you, you got to Papa, yeah. you've got two of the three parties saying, hey, Finish. and you're only leaving just the one? That's what I'm saying. Look, it's, it's no, that's the land's here from Auckland Council perspective and it's prime land. So you're sitting here looking out onto this lovely park. What, what do you think? Uh, opportunity lost. Really do. Opportunity lost. In terms of the more general idea of investment into uh, South Auckland, the role of the creative industries and the role that a museum uh, like Te Papa North could play, I don't think we would see the idea of that being lost. But certainly right now, I don't think there's any prospect of it moving forward in the short term. I'm talking to Nick Hill, the CEO of Auckland's economic development arm, ATED. We're interested in promoting activity in Auckland that is going to attract investment and uh, activity that's going to lead to quality jobs to the city. And we're particularly interested in those parts of Auckland that have the biggest challenges from a socio-economic point of view. And, uh, that, and that is in South Auckland. We think that this opportunity presented a lot of upside for quality jobs in South Auckland. Um, and so our role was to really push hard and support and promote the opportunity from that point of view. We're not uh, experts on museums, but we are interested in the spillover benefits that something like this can created, we certainly think that it uh, had a great role to play in South Auckland. When you talk about spillover benefits, had you looked at economically what it would have been worth? Um, it's very hard at this stage until you've got specific, a specific um, proposal that you can work through, but mm. we know what Papa does in Wellington, so you could take some proportion of that, um, but also the kinds of jobs that we think something like this would support um, would would work well in South Auckland. So there's there were there was a lot of things around tourism and retail, for example, where you could plug into uh, local um, crafts and products and services that could be uh, supported through a museum like this in in Manukau, uh, but also things like hospitality, not to mention opportunities for schools and local educational institutions to be linked into into it. The exact value of that, um, you know, is extremely speculative, but if you take a long view of it, it's going to be a positive number. Uh, and if you look at what Te Papa does for Wellington, it generates GDP per annum in the order of $150 million. Um, so, you know, 1,500 jobs. So it clearly wouldn't be as significant as Te Papa in Wellington, but a proportion of that would be um, of benefit. So, you know, I think you've got to measure these things in lots of different ways, but in a narrow economic sense, you know, I'm sure it would be value-creating. Because, um, Nick, I was out there um, just a few days ago with Al Filipaina. Yeah. Uh, and we were sitting there on the bench outside MIT overlooking Heyman Park. And yeah. it's almost like that's the missing piece in the puzzle, isn't it? It has, seems to have everything else, and it's right there. It's all focused in on that park. And to have something like that museum there, that seemed that it feels like that would have finished it off. Well, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, we, more than that, I think 
transformation is not just about bricks and mortar, and it's about how you give people things to get engaged with, to be excited by, to be involved with. It's about bringing people together. Uh, it, it creates a whole lot of softer stuff that, you know, builds the reputation and a brand of a place. And, you know, you've got to be very careful we don't slip into dysfunctional analysis of, you know, congestion on roads and, you know, whether how, how many houses there are. Actually, there's a whole softer piece that drives economies. And, you know, this is experienced internationally that uh, investment into things like museums, like art galleries, like um, the arts more generally, really help to bring a place alive. And, um, you know, we, we certainly are pushing hard for that kind of analysis to be, you know, part of the decision making. Do you feel like this is a big mistake then, this decision that the government's made not to fund the um, the next step? I think if the decision is purely one of practicality that there's not the capacity to do it at this point in time, then, you know, I, I can accept that. But I think thinking that this stuff is not important and therefore not, not doing it for those reasons, I think is a big mistake. You know, we would just advocate very strongly on the importance of investing in the arts and these creative opportunities because I think the economic benefits are huge and not easy to measure. And, you know, when you uh, arguing over where to spend your limited resources and dollars, we, t- we tend to discount the softer stuff and, you know, measure the concrete, you know. So it's very important that we continue to push this and um, push these arguments. So it's not um, dead in the water yet then? Are, are you still trying to get it over the line? Well, it's not our decision. Um, we're, we're really an intermediary here uh, promoting... Um, solutions for Auckland. So, you know, like we've been very involved in pulling the parties together around the uh, uh, Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings um, film opportunity. There's a lot of arguments and, and support that needs to go on in the background, and that's the role we play. And we would continue to do that for Putumapa Manukau. So, what, what are there any other possibilities then? Um, not immediately. It's hard to see it immediately. Uh, you know, that, that to do it, you've got to do it properly, um, and that means you've got to spend money. And uh, if the government uh, has priorities that are elsewhere, it's hard to know where that funding will come from. So, you know, I think right now, also, Te Papa have, you know, some, some of their own challenges, and so their ability to, to take the lead on this is, you know, very limited at the moment. So I don't think you're going to see any movement in the short run. But, you know, in the long run, we will continue to argue for the importance of creating platforms for Māori and Pacifica and, you know, to really help to support the richness of the, the opportunity in South Auckland. It's interesting with the Regional uh, Growth Fund, um, and the focus on the provinces, yet within the Auckland region, there are hugely important opportunities for parts of the Auckland region that could do with some decent government investment in areas like this. And, you know, things like the Provincial Growth Fund don't apply. Mm. But you could 
say that the arguments for investment in elsewhere in New Zealand and the provinces, exactly the same arguments exist within the Auckland region, and this is one of them. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The details brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Blair Stagpool and produced by Alexia Russell. Our associate producer is Kethaki Misalamani. Kanui tēnei.